Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Good morning. My name is Pastor Ashley Wilkerson. Yeah, I love that video. It helps you just kind of pause, right? Put everything back in perspective. I'm so glad that you're here. We're in the middle of this series, as you saw, called Good Eyes. And I want to make sure everyone's on the same page. If you haven't been here previous weeks, we need to help you understand what we're talking about when we say good eyes. We're not referring to optometry, right? This idea of good eyes is a Jewish colloquialism that Pastor J.F. learned when he was in Israel having dinner with one of our Jewish brothers. And they were having conversation talking about this man who lived such a life of gratitude that he was so abundantly generous. And at the end of the conversation, his friend referenced, yep, you know what? He has really good eyes. And my husband said, well, well, what do you mean? I mean, I'm pretty sure he was wearing bifocals. And he said, no, 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 no. Scripture talks over and over about your eyes and how when your eyes are good, meaning you have proper perspective, proper thanksgiving, proper gratitude for your situation, then every part of your life will follow suit. And how many of you know that? I see it over and over. People that look like they have everything, look like they have all of the entire world at their fingertips and yet they're miserable. Or people that seem to have nothing and they are so full of joy that you just want to be around them. You met those people? Incredible. So it's this idea of good eyes and it comes right out of our anchor verse is Matthew 6. And in the first part of the verse, Jesus talks about your treasures, storing up your treasures. And then I'll jump to verse 22. This is our anchor verse. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And this entire series, we're using vision words. Vision words to talk about having good eyes, living lives of gratitude, making sure our perspective is one of gratefulness so that our entire lives will reflect that. And the first week we talked about your focus and where your focus should and should not be. And then the next week, Pastor JF talked about this idea of it being a pitfall when you're just nearsighted, right? When you only see in your bubble and how bad that can be. Last week, Pastor Eric killed it again, yeah, and he talked about being farsighted. Well, where were you guys, Pastor Ashley, Pastor JF? Well, we were in Hawaii uh, celebrating our 10-year anniversary, and with that, I have to tell you, I have to brag a little bit, my parents flew across the country, not to vacation, but to babysit. So pray for them because they've had quite the week. But stand to your feet. This is my mom, Barbara Leroy, my dad, Lamar Leroy. 
make sure you go and introduce yourself. But we were on vacation. It was the first time. I'm kind of saying this out of confession because it's not a good thing at all. It's the, we realized it was the first time since our honeymoon, so in 10 years, that we had gone on a trip together without kids where one of us wasn't working. Woo! So do I look refreshed or what? No, it was amazing. But how many of you know that not all of life is a vacation. In fact, most of life is nothing like a vacation. We have dark moments. We have dark seasons. Some of us have walked through many dark seasons. So today, the vision term that I want to present to you is this idea of night vision. We're going to talk about the idea of having night vision in the middle of your dark seasons. And Dave, Dave, are you still in here? Dave Azell brought me, he, hardcore special ops, he's got stories that you don't even know. Go and ask him, find him. I was praying about this in the last two weeks and I told my husband, I said, can you text Dave? I think he has night vision goggles. And he said, no way, he will not. And yes, he did. <laughs> Come on. So night vision goggles. And I looked it up on Google because I have no idea how these work. And I confirmed it with Dave this morning. The beauty of night vision goggles is that when you turn them on, follow me here, with the external power source, then any particle of light in the darkest situations now become the focus and magnified. Now, I don't want you to miss this because I believe that God is calling us to have proper night vision. This is required to have the good eyes that the Lord desires of each and every one of us. And so with the internal, external power source of the Holy Spirit in our lives, He can take any situation, regardless of how dark it may seem, it may seem like there is not one glimmer of hope or light, and the Holy Spirit can point you to Him and say this, this is what you're gonna focus on. This is what you're gonna magnify. This is what you're gonna amplify above everything else in your situation. Night vision. We're gonna talk about that today and we're gonna look at the story of Daniel. Now, whether you have been raised in church or maybe you're brand new to church in the Jesus experience, most of you have heard of the reference of Daniel and the lion's den. Yeah, Daniel and the lion's den. And maybe you're thinking in this moment, Pastor Ashley, yeah, that would be pretty brutal. Nobody wants to get thrown into a cave with lions, or at least I don't, okay? Maybe I shouldn't say nobody because there's that one woman that jumped in the one that one time. That was bizarre. <laughs> but maybe you're thinking, Okay, that was just like a one-time thing. And he didn't, what, he just stayed in the lion's den overnight. And then it doesn't seem like that long of a season. But what I want to present to you today 
is that Daniel's dark season started well before the lion's den. In fact, most theologians present that he was over 80 years old when he entered into the lion's den. It kind of throws a curveball in our Sunday school felt board, doesn't it? A little different. It didn't really have the gray hair. Today I want to look at Daniel's story, and I want to draw three areas that I believe if we keep this in our thinking, if we continually remember these principles, the Lord will help us to truly have good eyes through night vision. We're going to go to Daniel 1. The little background, the first couple of verses, you'll see that Babylon has taken over Jerusalem, sieged the entire city, taken captives and, and taken actual treasures from the temple, every part of it. And that's where we pick up. Daniel 1, starting in verse 3. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials. Stop there. Circle officials. Some of your Bibles will have notations there because it's not just the chief of the officials. This is the chief of the eunuchs. And we're going to come back to that. He ordered the chief of his eunuchs to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, youths in whom was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding, discerning knowledge, and who had ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered them to teach the literature and language of the Chaldeans. Now among them was the sons of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I'm going to stop there. So what would happen in this culture is when one kingdom would overthrow another, the king would then take the best of the best young boys, the most influential the most handsome, the ones that were living the cleanest, every single part, the wisest, the most knowledgeable. The king would take them as slaves, as servants, castrate them, castrate them, and then train them in his culture to serve them kind of changes Daniel's story a little bit, doesn't it? This idea of this incredible man of God walking through this dark, dark season. And the first point I want to share with you, I believe Daniel had to hold on to every single day of his life because I can't imagine that you would walk through anything like what he did without knowing this first point. The first area to keep in mind when you're going through a dark season and encouraging others and theirs is remember, it might not be that you're doing wrong. It might be that you're doing right. It might not be that you're doing wrong and that's why you're walking through this really difficult season. It may be that you're actually doing everything right. And I think that's so important because we see that throughout scripture, 
over and over and over again that men and women of God are following him and yet they walk into these dark seasons. And yet though we've read those stories over and over, we still have those moments, don't we? That we walk through something dark and we go, well, God, what did I do? What did I do? Why are you mad at me? The enemy gets in the back of your head, oh, maybe this is punishment, right? Maybe God doesn't really love you the way he says. Maybe his grace really isn't. And and the enemy gets this root in the back of our heads. But I love the way the psalmist puts it. If you've ever heard me teach, you know that the 23rd Psalm is my favorite, especially to unpack. And in the 23rd Psalm, David is explaining that God is our good shepherd. Good shepherd our perfect shepherd. And he articulates how the Lord has us to lie down in green pastures and we continue to follow him and he leads us beside quiet waters and then paths of righteousness. So we're following the good shepherd. And then he interrupts all of that goodness with verse four. And he says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Whoa, 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 wait. I was following the good shepherd. Are you telling me that he sometimes leads us in those dark valleys? Yeah. We have this issue as the church, the Western church, that we tend to preach and or want to believe that the second you say yes to the Lord, everything gets perfect. That is not the case, friend. And I think sometimes we have to stop and realize and put truth to our thoughts and our perspective. We have to stop and make sure we're having proper night vision in those dark moments to remember that, yes, we can follow him. And sometimes that following leads into dark valleys. And he is still the good and perfect shepherd in the midst of those dark moments and the dark valleys. And that's what we see in Daniel. He keeps good eyes. He keeps night vision. Look at Daniel 6, starting in verse 3. It says that this is after he's been turned into a eunuch. I believe, personally, reading between the verses, it's probably a few years later because he had time to do this. Look, now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. So he's walking through that dark season and he is still being excellent for his God because it is even noticed throughout Daniel that he's known for the God that he worships, right? He's distinguished himself and so much so that the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel. They are trying to mess him up. Like, we got to find something to get on this dude. In his conduct, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, oh, we know what his deal is, right? They said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. 
Friends, I have to tell you that the enemy may think he knows your number, knows exactly how to trap you. The weapon may be formed, but it will not prosper. And you need to hear this from me this morning that truly I've seen it in my own life over and over and over. Even though the enemy meant it for evil, if you keep your eyes on the Lord, he will turn it for good. He will turn it for good for every part of your life. Part of that night vision is remembering that you may be walking through this, not because of something you did wrong, but because of something you did right. Amen? The second point that I want to unpack that's going to help you have night vision and good eyes in dark seasons is remember the why should also include the why not. What are you talking about? The why should include the why not. This point came out of an experience I had a few years ago. Walking with a woman who had gone through what I believe is the worst thing that I could possibly imagine. She lost her daughter at a very young age. And I remember months of walking with her through that. And one day we were having coffee and obviously still in so much grief. She said, do you think it's okay that I ask the Lord why? And I said, well, yes, of course. He, he knows your heart. And she said, but I have to tell you, if I ask him why did I lose her, I also have to ask him, why did I have the blessing of 12 years with her? And in that moment, it was so beautiful and so powerful to see that gratitude can coexist with grief. Gratitude can coexist with pain. And it is so beautiful to see someone have such incredible night vision that she says, Pastor Ashley, I don't get to ask the why for the bad stuff if I'm not willing to ask the why for the good stuff. And if we can grasp hold of that, that will change everything in our world. It will change every aspect of our perspective. Maybe you've seen one uh, this viral video that I've seen on Facebook like five times this week. It's so funny, and I love it, and we'll probably end up showing it here because it's so well done. But the kids are talking about Christmas, and there's parents and kids talking about what they want for Christmas and what gifts they desire. And then it shows them waking up, and they walk into the restroom, and they see the thermostat that shows the heater, and it's wrapped like a gift because they realize what a gift it is to have heat. And then they walk to the water faucet and it's wrapped like a gift because what a gift it is to have running water. And the dad goes and grabs his briefcase and it's wrapped like a gift because what it, a gift it is to be employed. And then they walk outside and the car is wrapped like a gift because what a great, incredible blessing it is to have a vehicle. There's so many elements of our lives, friends, that we ignore on a daily basis and put our eyes only on the dark moments. 
But what night vision allows is taking those elements of light and magnifying it, amplifying it so that you can see more clearly, so that you can navigate those situations. And that's exactly what Daniel was doing. So we said, Daniel, he's He's made a name for himself based on the fact that he serves God, that he is, uh, he is relentless in his service to the Lord. And so you have these administrators that are trying to trick the king, and they end up manipulating the king into decreeing a law that says that no one can worship anyone but that king. Well, that's going to be a problem for Daniel, right? And I love Daniel's response because I believe that we can learn so much from his actions in that moment. Daniel 6, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the decree that no one could worship anyone but the king or they were going to be thrown in the lion's den, when he heard that decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room curled up in the fetal position with a box of Jack Daniels, tearing it, no. No, what did he do? He went upstairs to the room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, fixing his eyes on the Lord. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving what? Giving what? Giving what? Whoa, whoa, wait. He was in a darker situation than most of us have faced, and it just got worse. And what did he do? He gave thanks. Friends, I don't think I'm there yet. I want to be. I want to have that kind of night vision where he literally, in the moment where dark just got darker, his first response is gratitude. Lord, I'm coming to you and I'm thanking you three times a day. We can't ask the why without asking the why not. And in those moments, if we're able to do that and rein that in, it really will give us night vision in a way we've never had before. The last principle as the band comes back, we're talking about the fact that You may be in this dark season because you're doing everything right, not something wrong, right? We're talking about remembering that when we ask God why over the dark stuff, that we also have to ask him, why do you bless me so much, Lord? Why are you so good to me? It helps us with that night vision. And the last one is remember the power of the waiting and the with. Remember the power of the waiting and the with. So Daniel knows he's not going to stop worshiping his God. His first response after that decree is issued, he knows he's going to end up in the lion's den. His first response is to thank God, worshiping him publicly and thanking him. And in that moment... Look what happens. Daniel 6. Verse 16 says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. Friends, this was not the Point Defiance Zoo. This was not 
maybe a petting zoo in Puyallup. This was a den, a cave of hungry lions. And I feel like we've done ourselves a disservice because I even remember as a child seeing images like this and, and here not only would Daniel be young, but the lions are like relaxing. They're like hanging out, sleeping, docile. And I have that image in my head to the point where you kind of like, well, they're kind of cute. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad. But I want you to see. Scripture says that the king said to Daniel, because that king loved Daniel. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. You see, the way Daniel lived in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his darkness, caught everyone's eye. Verse 17, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. I want you to notice that, friends. Because some of you are here in this place and you're angry because another person hasn't helped you out of your dark season. And there are some situations clearly in Scripture that the Lord says, nope, this is you and me in this season. Nope, that person is not called to pull you out of the, Nope, this is, I want to make sure you understand who is actually with you. The power of the with and the waiting. Look at verse 19. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and he hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually. I love how he keeps repeating that. Has he been able to rescue you from the lion's? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Friends, I want you to get this picture because I, it was consuming me this week. It's so important to understand what that picture looked like. And the Holy Spirit gave me this visual because so often I have pictured Daniel with the lions over here. They're kind of asleep and passed out and he's just waiting, right? That is not, I believe, what waiting looked like for Daniel. Scripture says that the, the angel had to close the mouths of the lions, which means their mouths were open. They were ready to devour Daniel. In my head, they were still swinging at him. And here's the angel closing their mouths. Now, Daniel, to my knowledge, had not gotten a word of the Lord saying that he would not be destroyed in that moment. So he is in that waiting, knowing the Lord is with him, but not fully knowing what the outcome would be. And maybe that's you here today. We see this picture over and over in Scripture. Friends, where the Lord calls His people to something that requires them to walk in the middle of their fear and to get their eyes on the one who has saved them so that He can teach them not how strong they are, but how strong He is. 
And there are lessons that you will learn in those dark seasons that you can never learn in the light. I think about the Israelites. When they were crossing the Red Sea, our God could have dried the whole thing up, but he didn't. He knew that they had lived lives afraid of water. And so he said, oh, what you fear? I'll have it flank the sides of you and you'll walk through it and I'll be with you. You won't walk alone, but you will have to walk through it. And so some of you have been waiting to be evacuated from your situations and that is not God's will for everyone. Because sometimes the lesson and the learning is in the walking through. Don't miss this. Don't miss this here today. Because you have lions, mouths open, ready to devour you. And he does. He does promise to be with you. And that you can be confident in. Always. But the with sometimes looks like the waiting. And so I love the 23rd Psalm. We read that first part. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I am with you. But there's another Psalm that I wanna close with right now. Psalm 27, the psalmist said, I would have despaired. Stop right there. I would have given up in my dark season. I would have quit following the Lord in the hard moments unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Friends, you have more belief in God's goodness when you have walked through the dark valleys than you ever will being on the mountain. Sometimes it's about building that trust and that belief and that knowing Him. And the last part as we close, verse 14. This is how, this is how you grow that belief. This is how you grow that trust. Wait for the Lord. Oh, Lord, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, it's not a lot of times. Wait for the Lord. And I love this because I've never seen this before this week. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Whoa, wait, wait. What do you mean? You mean let my heart grow in courage? No, 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 no. You be strong and you let your heart take courage. Well, what are you talking about your heart? I'm talking about your mind, right? When scripture talks about your heart, it's talking about your mind. So in those dark moments, the way that you have night vision is that you take courage. You take courage. You make your mind think on him and waiting on him and what he's going to do in this situation. And that courage will be taken by waiting on the Lord. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.